Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Black Girl Sunscreen is an empowering brand founded by Shantae Lundy who has bootstrapped a business to now land on the shelves of Target and Ulta while disrupting the sun care industry. To hear all about her inspiring journey as an entrepreneur, keep listening. Hi everyone and welcome to Founded Beauty, a podcast dedicated to beauty entrepreneurs who built some of the biggest brands today and where we learn exactly how they did it. We'll cover some of the most intimate stories, their path to success and how they overcame the obstacles along the way. I'm Akash Mehta, CEO and co-founder of Fable and Main, a modern hair wellness brand inspired by ancient Indian beauty secrets. Building Fable and Main has been an incredible journey so far, and I decided to launch this podcast as a founder, keen to learn and connect with fellow beauty brand founders around the world. I believe in collaboration over competition, and so I'm using this platform as a way to hopefully help and inspire each other in what can be quite a tough and lonely journey. So if you are an entrepreneur or simply just curious how to build a brand, this podcast is perfect for you. So without further ado, it's a delight to introduce you our guest for today, Shante Lundy. Shante is the founder of Black Girl Sunscreen, a sunscreen brand that caters specifically for people of color. Underwhelmed by the lack of sunscreen options for dark skin tones, Shante began her journey in search of the perfect formula. Black Girl Sunscreen was a solution eliminating any visible white residues on the skin and empowering black people to feel free and confident in the sun, knowing their skin was protected and nourished. I especially love how Shantae has incorporated all natural ingredients like avocado, jojoba and cacao, and it literally sounds good enough to eat. So as well as ensuring her products are hypoallergenic without any parabens or silicones. Black Girl Sunscreen has grown so much over the past few years, amazingly even more so over the pandemic, and I cannot wait to hear all about her journey and recent endeavors. So, Shante, thank you so much for being with us today. Hey, thanks for having me. What a great introduction. I loved it. I'm going to have to steal that line. Um, it sounds good enough to eat. It does sound good enough to eat. <laughs> so, Shante, you know, we've already connected before, so I'm so excited to just basically have a kind of normal conversation here. You know, this yeah. is what we would do founder to founder, share our journey, share our stories. But I do ask the same question to every founder on the podcast, all I guess know it's, who, in a nutshell, is Shantae? Um, you know, I Shantae is a, a little girl from upstate New York, a town called Newburgh, and um, has always aspired to be something just bigger than what her past environment um, could afford her to be. Um, and I know this sounds really, really crazy, but it's never good enough. Um, no matter what I do, I'm always aspiring for more. I'm always aspiring for, for better. And it's 
it's a question of how do I get there? What do I do to achieve those things? Um, so I constantly find myself working and dreaming and thinking, not necessarily dreaming because dreams don't always come come true, but it's, okay, here's the plan and here's how I'm going to execute it. So Shantae is a social introvert that is on when she needs to be on and a complete hermit when she gets home. Um, a really hardworking, passionate woman with extreme integrity. And oh. truly, yeah, and? I love fashion. Ooh. But actually on that, why do you love fashion? I love asking this. Why? Um, because it, 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 it could speak to who you are. I mean, you could kind of have a bad day but not have a bad day when it comes to your outfit. It is expressive of so many different things. You could have so many different looks. And it's just fun. It makes things colorful. Um, so fashion has been a part of my life since I was a little girl. You just didn't really know it. It was like, hey, mom, I want to wear this dress to whatever dance. And I don't, I just wore that outfit last week, mom. I don't want to wear it again. Like I'm one of those from a little girl. And um, fashion today has, it's just, it's inspiring to, to so many. So that's why I love fashion. I love that. It, it truly is. And it's something that I always said, if I didn't work in the beauty industry, I would be working in the fashion industry because it's just so much self-expression and room for you know especially as I'm quite similar to you I'm, I'm people don't think this because of what I post on social media but don't believe everything you see in social media I do post the good stuff and me out but I'm mostly at home alone in you know just in my own space where I'm the most happy to be honest um and uh, but fashion allows you to self-express sometimes things I don't get to normally do as an individual so I completely resonate with that but Shantay, I do want to kind of go you know we're gonna I want to focus more of this podcast on you know what we're recently doing and like kind of how the industry is today because I think that's where it's you know the conversation will be most interesting but for those who are new to Black Girl Sunscreen or to yourself can you just tell us a little bit about your journey in building Black Girl Sunscreen and how it came to be? Yeah, so Black Girl Sunscreen is a revolutionary sunscreen for um, women of color um, that has eliminated the telltale white residue. And um, to date, um, that is the number one reason why not just women of color, but a lot of people don't wear sunscreen because no one is the color of toothpaste. And um, back in 2016, I was living in Los Angeles. I, I still live in Los Angeles, but I moved a couple times. And um, Los Angeles is, in my opinion, um, a really creative space. It's a creative environment. People are always trying to do something, figure something out about themselves and migrate here to be bigger than life. And um, that's the energy and the vibes that I felt when moving to Los Angeles. And I would hike a lot. And uh, do rooftop events, and uh, my friends would encourage me to put on sunscreen, and I'm, and I would say like, no, because whatever you're giving me just doesn't work for my complexion. You know, is there an awning I can sit under? Is there uh, a beach umbrella I can purchase? And maybe, um, you know, I'll go hiking. You know, when the sun is starting to set, so it's not as strong. And it just got me thinking to say, like, hey, jump on our good old friend, Auntie Google, see what you can find. I mean, now to, to now it's more about like the search, like sunscreen for dark skin, sunscreen for ethnic skin. And when I was doing that, it came up extremely shorthand, shorthanded and um, quickly realized that. 
hey, this is a this is an issue. This is a problem. Um, is there really no sun protection speaking to to Shantae? A- am I the only woman, um, dark skinned woman or woman of color that could be looking for a product that's going to work for their skin? And um, I, I answered it for myself, like no. But is there anything you can do about it, Shantae? Because that's the biggest question. Um, do you have the resources? Um, how do you do it? And is anyone going to buy it? So once I mustered the confidence <laughs> to say yes to all those questions, um, I did something about it. And once I kind of got that bug, I was just like, it has to happen now. It has to happen now because I was so concerned that someone else was going to take the idea that I had to implement it like right away. And that was my journey in 2016. Fast forward to today, um, we are um, full chain in Target. Um, we are, we will be full, full chain um, in Ulta, uh, top of the year. And we did that with really one SKU, which is our SPF 30. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then we like to say that she had a baby, which is our SPF 50 for kids. So it's called BGS Kids. Um, we most recently launched um, an SPF 45, and it's a mattifying it sunscreen yep, for the face called Make It Matte. And then we have some really exciting um, product launches top of 2022 that, of course, I can't release yet. But um, really, Black Girl Sunscreen is an FPF focus brand and what we can assure you is that whatever our customers are saying we listen to that and take that very seriously because we wouldn't be here without them amazing and and i love how i mean as a, as someone with melanated skin myself i used to remember going to america a lot and getting the, the neutrogenas and this stuff and you know it's always like really white cast and i could never find anything from my skin tone so you've really just you know, not only helped a lot of people um, of color, but you've also just inspired people to feel included in the whole sunscreen category in the whole kind of conversation. Because truly speaking, it's it is like not, and even people with non-melanated skin, as you said, no one has that really white kind of normal traditional sunscreen skin anyway. So they don't yeah. even cater to them. So it's just it's a really important com- conversation. And I'm really glad you're getting. The retail, and when I say retail, I mean, you know, that distribution recognition, because it allows you to hit as many people as possible um, and give them the access, which I think is important. But just on the products itself, and I love, you know, you have less SKUs, but the right SKUs, you're cruelty-free, natural, vegan, and reef safe, which I was super interested in because I barely see this in conversation. So can you explain to us what reef safe means? Yeah, reef safe. Um, you don't see it in conversation because it's it's for like water products. <laughs> um, but reef, reef, probably yeah, yeah. reef safe is just um, making sure that you're compliant to to our bodies of, of, of water. Um, so there's coral reef within the oceans. And that is the mechanism, the ecosystem for um, anything that's in the ocean to feed off of. And there's a certain ingredient called oxybenzone that is emitted from um, um, from sunscreen products into the water. So now, it's a lot of product that has to be emitted into the water. But you have to understand the people that, let's just say, surf or um, like our um, fishermen, they do wear a lot of sunscreen. So the product is coming off into the water really harming the, the ocean reef. So what that means is that if those um, ecosystems die, then 
certain environments won't be able to eat, right? Because there will be no fish to fish. So it's, it's actually a really huge problem. Um, that can't be ignored. So Hawaii was the first um, to ban um, sun care products that um, contained oxybenzone. And then Key West was the second um, place to ban um, oxybenzone. And what that meant for Black Girl Sunscreen was actually nothing because we were so progressive enough back in 2016 that we actually formulated without oxybenzone. So what we're seeing now is because the the law just came into place in 2020 is that um, general market sunscreen brands are having to reformulize their products to not contain oxybenzone. Um, if we were in that place, in that situation, it would have cost us a lot of money. Because to reformulize means uh, testing all over again. Of course, getting rid of that old product, it's just a whole system of these things that we didn't want. So that's what re-friendly means. Um, You know, the consumer is now more aware of ingredients and um, really connected to causes, environmentally conscious than ever before. So... I am elated that we had that, I guess, foresight to say like, hey, we can't include these ingredients in our formula. Amazing. And on the conversation of ingredients by SPF as well, um, one thing I also would love just to know as a consumer of sunscreen, I used, I know now having done some research, but not fully about why, you know, you say on your SPF 101 on your website, the most effective sunscreens have an SPF of 30. Um, I think there's a lot of misconceptions. I used to be the one going and buying the more SPF 100 plus Neutrogena, the better it is because it's going to protect me more. But I don't know. A lot of people might not actually have the right education on that. So is there a reason why 30 is sometimes the best SPF? Um, Because it's more than efficient than, it's not more efficient than any other number. It's an adequate amount of UV filter that you're going to get. So it goes 30, 50, it, well, I can go 30, 45, 50, 55, 60, 70. I've seen numbers up to 100. But anything past 50, it's still the same um, amount of blockage. And that's where the misconception is, is that the higher the number, the more coverage that you're getting. And that's just not the case. Um, I, there's, a, there's a lot of misconceptions right now um, around sun safety. The biggest trending um, topic is mineral versus synthetic. Um, and that's just the type of, you know, formula that, that you have with a mineral sunscreen. You know, we're talking about zinc oxide and titanium, which actually comes out white. And, um, you know, the sun, the sun trend report just came out and mineral sunscreens are um, increasing every within the last couple of years, which is which is interesting because synthetic um, sunscreens have been leading the charts for decades. Um, and that's because, again, it's the consumer saying like, hey, I really want something that doesn't have the word chemical in it mm-hmm. versus, hey, this is non-chemical. But the amount of product that you use from a sunscreen has to be so abundant that in order for it to do something to you, that it's it's a lot. So I don't want to say, um, you know, Black Girl Sunscreen is not here to say, you know, hey, this formula is better than the next. We're just here to encourage. Um, we're in here to encourage the usage 
our work is, is about starting and continuing the conversation of sun safety. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, you have that on the website, you know, really about designing, but starting conversation of sun protection and education. And clearly as a founder, you know your stuff. So I love that. And I love asking these questions to founders because sometimes you get like a half-hearted answer and you're like, okay. But you, I'm like, that's right. I can, tr- I can trust in Shante. She, you know, she, you're my go-to for this. Well, thank you. You know, it's, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot because, you know, you see brands really, um, and even now some dermatologists, which should really have an unbiased kind of, um, not opinion, but stance on this because- yeah. Even not even, you know, melanated folks are not wearing sunscreen, but like our lighter skin complexions are not either. So why are we guiding anyone towards one over the other when really we should just be guiding them on, hey, take care of your skin? Exactly. And educate and just start the conversation because so many of my friends, like especially a lot of my male friends who are not really you know, commonly used to seeing beauty influencers or beauty conversations, they're just like, I barely even wear moisturizer, let alone sunscreen. Like, do I, I only take it on holiday and it's like, okay, that's a whole conversation to as well have because there's always UV, there's always protection needed. Yeah. Well, listen, I, I know that um, I had to I had to do some research on you before even this podcast and we met um, on another uh, virtual conversation and uh, one of my uh, brand founder friend was like, oh my gosh, he's like, he's such a great influencer, a travel influencer. And I was like, oh, well, let me see. And I, and I jump on your Instagram and I mean, your photos are um, phenomenal, phenomenal. Um, and I think for you, I think being an advocate of sense safety, I think it has to be incorporated into what you do because you are all over the place, <laughs> but you might not have your own experience on on sunburns exactly you know what i mean like you you might it might not be prevalent to you because you've never had to go through you know having an itch or redness or even you know your skin looks great fine lines hyperpigmentation so it's hard to speak on something that you haven't really experienced it's so true but and yet still by people like yourself and just hearing conversations on social media in word of mouth I've incorporated sun safety, sun protection in my everyday routine. Also because I have to, because one, like I was in Paris this morning. Now I'm in London. I'm traveling. That, yeah, I need to like maybe look at my carbon footprint. But I travel a lot for work and, you know, for everything. Mm-hmm. And I need to be protected always because there's always UV. There's always something you need to do. And yeah, you hit the nail on the head. I've never actually, I've been quite blessed. I've never had any redness, or sunburn, anything but I, I tan a lot so that's definitely there's definitely some um something happening with my skin so I do have to look at it and you know understand so yeah exactly hit the nail on the head on that but I do want to also now go a little bit into kind of the recent pandemic it's been as you know a huge um kind of surprise for a lot of people when it comes to business but an opportunity to grow be agile, learn a lot about yourself as an individual, as a founder, but also as a company and where you stand. So what was the kind of the beginning of the pandemic when we were in lockdown? What was that like for you and how did you navigate it? Um, It was a lot of uncertainty for us. Our retailers were concerned in the beginning just about um, sales. Like, okay, well, we're not going to push... um, sunscreen or any type of sun products because you're not an essential 
<laughs> and then the essential, you know, consisted of whatever toilet paper, Lysol, you know, all those things, hand sanitizer. And um, we said, okay, there's nothing we can do about that. No one is actually caring about uh, sunscreen at the moment. That's not what's most important. But then once it kind of, um, it settled in where people started working from home and their lunch breaks consisted of going for walks or, you know, their homeschooling and their kids needed to do recess, whether it was in the front yard or the backyard. And just for like, um, just some, some sense of normalcy, you know, connecting with the community that they're outside, you know, and having, you know, social distancing parties. That's how we really were able to kind of not sneak in there, but change the narrative around sun safety. Like, Hey, you're actually out more than ever before you might not be traveling but you are outside so why wouldn't you put on your your sunscreen and that's how we were able to survive for the last you know year and a half almost two years was by changing our language and really emphasizing the importance of sunscreen even if it is for your 20 30 minute you know lunch break or your walk um and then also too you know it has shifted from you know, wearing a makeup face to a more natural face. And with the naturalness comes a skincare regimen. So with, you know, toner, moisturizer, serums, you know, your last step should be wearing an SPF. So there were a couple different, you know, ways and and different, you know, techniques we use to kind of say like, hey, like, don't forget about sunscreen. Um, and that's how we were able to survive, you know, the pandemic was just really changing the narrative because before it's all about, hey, I'm on I'm on holiday, I'm on vacation, I'm traveling here, I'm traveling there. I don't need it. It's only for the pool. But mm-mm, that's the work that we're most proud of. And now, you know, fast forward it, things are slowly but surely opening up. Uh, I've been seeing some incredible kind of billboards. I, I send it to my team every time I see it and I'm like so proud. I'm like, I wish I was in America to see them in person. They look phenomenal, the ones you've done, because they're also like really cool the way they also have, they're not the typical rectangular shape. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Um, (laughs) So that's exciting. People are going out, people are now learning. And what's it like now? Because I'm sure that whole education moment, being on digital, explaining, using, you know, social media, to now people going out, it's probably just made a bigger voice for your brand. Yeah, it's 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 growth for Black Girl Sunscreen. Um, you know, when when you start something, I think that, I mean, when we when I started, um, I say we because we have a team. Um, I love that, by the way. I really love that. That's important <laughs> to say we. <laughs> um, it is because there's there's so much help that we have, and it's not just Shante anymore. And even when it was Shante, I always spoke the team into existence. But um, the thought was never to have even a a billboard. I I think that in 2016, it was all about digital digital marketing, and that was really kind of like king. And um, now as we we grow, I think there's just a lot of opportunity because not everyone is on social. Although you get a huge, a large you know, reach, just everyone is not on social. I mean, we get consumers that call our customer um, experience line and say, hey, I'd like to place an order. So that means that that consumer is not digital, right? And and it could be, you know, someone that is on in the demographic of, you know, just a little bit older or seasoned and, and that's okay, but we still want to capture them as well. So how do we move out of, I guess, it went from traditional to digital, but even now having a hybrid 
of marketing techniques to, to capture everyone that we possibly can. And that's what we've done is we moved to out-of-home marketing, so we've become omni-channel in just our marketing strategy. And, um, I mean, it's cool to say, like, yes, we have billboards, but we need to understand that they're effective, too. And um, we get a ton of messages saying, hey, I saw your billboard on, you know, in Baldwin Hills or I saw your billboard in the Bronx or whatever. And I think most of all, people are just really proud that we're at the point that we can do um, an out-of-home um, marketing campaign because they are costly and we're still a growing brand. Um, and then we serve as inspiration for other, you know, up and coming brands that like, hey, this is feasible. We, you don't have to have a national campaign. Like you don't have to be in every every city, but maybe you penetrate the cities that you have a large following and you're going to get the repost and you're going to get the excitement of like, oh, I've seen this brand literally start on Instagram and now this is where they are today. So it's 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 a it's to show our growth but also to bring in a different set of eyes to, to the business. And you know what I really love is the first thing you explained and to kind of talk about that billboard wasn't about oh we've always wanted to, it's cool, it's it's like you felt you talked about your consumer, the fact that you're trying to hit the people who aren't on social. You know, you've listened in your audience. You're seeing people call. And I love the fact that it's also to serve, to meet new people, to reach new people. And it kind of brings a bit more hope into the kind of the traditional ways as well, you know, because everything, the whole conversation is all about digital, digital influencer, social media, so much saturation. But actually, we're going to, with my brand, start doing a bit of out of home. And the reason why we're doing that is not to do these really cool Instagram posts, which obviously I would like to say, cool. I've always dreamt of a billboard or like um, these kind of like guerrilla marketing. But it's mm-hmm. mainly to say there are people walking by who still haven't heard of Fable and Maine, haven't heard of Black Girl Sunscreen. They might not ever on social media because it's so hard to target them. But this could be a great way to introduce the brand that we built and we're really proud of and give it to them as well. Because that's the whole reason why we created the brand is for obviously from our own needs, um, as founders for products that we would like to have in the industry and we want others to enjoy it too so I think it's very important yeah yeah um, my last thought on that is um, how do you continue to you know come up with clever guerrilla marketing strategies out of home marketing strategies that are effective because you know I mean is it TV is that the next thing you know do you go broadcast versus you know streaming there are just so many different opportunities I watch um, I don't watch a lot of TV at all Um, and if I do watch TV it's on the same channel because I have my shows that I do watch Um, and I actually stop at the um, indie brand not indie brand, but yes, indie brand, because they're not general market. I stop at those commercials mm-hmm. because I want to see how those commercials are delivered, how they're constructed, constructed, if they seem high quality. <laughs> and I'm like, man, this is cool. I know this brand hasn't been around for more than 10 years. It's great that, you know, they're on the they're on the big screen, they're on they're on the television. You know, how's this how's this executed and are people stopping to watch it? Yeah. Like that's what I look for because I, I think it's telling for me what channel are they on? First of all, because that makes a, a lot of a, di- lot, a lot of, of difference. difference. And um is it feasible? Yeah. And is it worth 
worthwhile as well because especially as growing brands we have x amount of money even though the business grows every penny goes back in and it's so important to decide we were talking about this earlier offline like do we invest in more inventory marketing everything there's an opportunity cost and we have to listen but we have to also be disruptors online digital and i think one thing i do for example is i always tell my team i say Benchmark is great. Look out as well, like see what people are doing and then always try to translate that to our brand and our DNA of what could we do, similar tool, similar framework or infrastructure, whether it's on whatever distributions or whatever. But, okay, we're Ayurvedic, we're India, we're 4,000-year-old science. That's the thing that will get people excited because that's what calls to our brand, you know? And I think that's going to be why people stop is because they haven't seen it before or it's something unique. Yeah, 100%. Black Girl Sunscreen, we had a, um, a commercial with um, our, our our red friends, right, with Target over the yeah. summer. And um, and they featured BGS Kids, which was genius. Um, yeah. And when I tell you, it was more about the excitement um, around the brand and having this national commercial it definitely helps sales for sure, but it was more of like, hey, this is a brand that is is real. Like this is yes. it's, it's it's validation, corporate validation, and we're featuring the founder. It was just so many different things. It was so so exciting. I've only to date seen the commercial three times organically, um, but I know some people that say they've seen it like four times in a day. So I believe that it is effective um, going back to the traditional ways of marketing and digital is going to always be there. But traditional advertising, I think that there's still, you know, something there. And especially more so as I'm a huge advocate for kind of social media safety and mindfulness. I do like I did a TED talk and stuff on like consciousness with being sure, you know, being really aware of how is your mood and turning off social media and now more and more so the amount of detoxes we're seeing people going off it you know it's happening so often that I'm 100% certain we'll get to a point where like there'll actually be a, a more need of our kind of non-digital marketing methods to to hit and to reach your audience because will be forced to just because of the, you know, it's so, you, you go on TikTok for a day and you're like, okay, I'm, I need, can't go on it for seven days because I'm, I'm going to get <laughs> And I, I'm, I'm literally like that right now. And I'm like, oh God, no, 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 turn it off for a week. And that's it. You have to. You know what? Um, some people do it as a job, right? Like yeah. that's kind of what they do. But the, for the folks that don't do it as a job, I ask like, how do you have time? But I, um, I asked, you're asking myself that too. I'm just thinking, I, I have so many businesses. And yesterday I was on TikTok for two hours. And I'm like, I think you're asking me that, Shante. I don't know how I have time. Were you, on, were, you on, were you on TikTok because you were getting ideas? I, were you seeing what's trending? So or you know what? It's true. To mix, it is. So the problem is, I think the algorithm is starting to understand. I stay more on the videos that are just funny, like cat videos or whatever. So now they're showing me more of that. And I'm like, no, bring me more brand stuff because I'm getting ideas. Because I obviously do like share it to the team. I'm like, this is cool. This is cool. Um, but to be honest, I just opportunity cost it to my sleep. That's the problem I'm having right now. And, <laughs> uh, and, and this is the issue. So I'm like, uh, but I'm very mindful. I, t- I tell people about it. 
so I have to listen to my own words and be like, Akash, you're telling people to turn it off. You turn it yeah. off. But that's yeah. it. It's being mindful, being, being alert. And, you know, yes, there's moments where, because I work as you do, you, you probably are the same now. You know, we work so hard. There's not really a off button when it comes to your own business because it's so much love and passion that goes in. So sometimes there's moments where I just watch an hour of TV or an hour of TikTok and I'm like, this is not productive to anything I'm doing, but I need this. Yeah. I need this moment yeah. to myself. Um, but don't let it go past a certain period because then it becomes definitely unproductive and it definitely becomes dangerous because <laughs> then I need those sleep. I need those hours of sleep. But anyway, I, I digress. I digress. But I, I, going back to the point, 100% for anyone listening, I think don't be too sidetracked by this constant need and urge. And you have all these talks every day, conferences, digital. So there's, there are more to what you're hearing. And just think, take a step back. Look at the industry, look at your consumers, listen to where people are. And if you're only hitting X amount, there's a whole plethora of people to reach as well that you might not be doing. And that's also an injustice because you should think about them as well. You have to. Um, you know, the last thing on, on the social aspect um, that sometimes can be really dangerous um, when you're spending you know, time on there is um, the comparison of like where you are you know, professionally and, and personally. And like you said, like everything that you see on socials isn't, it, 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 it was for that moment, but people post what they want us to see. Right. Mm. Um, but then I also see like a lot of accolades being shared awards and that's cool, but that doesn't mean that the next person is on that same trajectory or path. And if you're not on that path right then and there, it doesn't mean that you need to do more or it's less than. But I don't know. Some people see it as encouragement or motivation. You know, it really just That's depends on, on the mindset, right? It depends on the mindset and it depends on, like, how you are and that current mindset as well, right? Because we change mm -hmm. as well. Sometimes it's motivating to us in that moment. And sometimes we're like, ah. Oh, I don't feel motivated. I feel demotivated by this because why didn't I win that award? You know, I, I don't do this enough and I should, and I want to, I feel some people, when they ask me, I'm always honest, but the whole industry, it works by connection to, you know, and how you get introduced to people. So, you know, I sometimes see like, we get amazing Forbes articles and awards. And then I saw the Allure Awards. I'm like, Oh, we're not on it two years in the running. And then I'm like, Oh, I feel sad. I'm like, Oh, that's the best award. Why are we never getting on that? You guys got on it. Congratulations. Super. But then again, it's like... Well, wait a second. Let me... Oh, stick a pin in it for a second. Because you just won like Entrepreneur of the Year or something, right? Like Exactly. exactly. <laughs> and that's... You've hit the nail on the head too. It's like, I should be celebrating the wins that we have and I have. And, you know, be proud. I'm very proud of everyone. And you can't do everything. And also entrepreneur of the year how I got it is because someone who knew me was like I'm going to put you on this like you know I know you or you've been recommended you're going to go on it so it's like it's completely like who you know how you know when you know uh even like these things like the PR articles it's us pitching to them selling them products going on the zooms it's not like yep. an organic thing that just pops up and then we're like wow we got featured so <laughs> it is it's really obviously you can do a lot more the more you hustle if you have time for it and if you want to but don't put so much pressure on yourself don't compare and compare when it's productive to your mental health and to your business growth because it can be good to motivate, as you said. And that's why I share my accolades because I get people who motivate, who, who are motivated by those accolades. But I also am listening. I get people who actually tell me to my face, I had to meet you on social media because I'm too jealous of your travels and your awards. And I'm like, oh, 
but you know that's like also I, not I productive think if, thing if, to if, hear. if I was to meet you I just can you teach me how to take those photos because when my photos come <laughs> out they're, I mean listen and I'm training people hey get my angles but yours always look fantastic <laughs> well, see I was I was thinking the other day I was like I've lost it like I used to be this like beast when it comes to social media and now I'm like I can't keep up. I can't do these. Tic- like I'm looking at TikTok now and I'm like, I can't, I don't know. I don't have time really and energy to do these like reels and these like turns and these like transitions. Transition, and I look yeah. at, and I look at these people and I'm like, oh, I just, I need to hire someone just to do this for me. And I just, you just tell me to sit down and I'll just like do it. And I just, I'll be a puppeteer, but it's hard, you know, it, it's hard to keep up, but it's good to hear it because I'm looking at my grid like, Oh, hate my Instagram, whatever. It is what it is. But it's cool to hear because we sometimes are hard on ourselves. So. No, um, listen, you're killing it. I think that um, your life looks extravagant if this is what you want it to look like. Um, <laughs> That's and, why you I know, to Seriously, and then it's, you know, a, a mixture of business, um, of yes. your brand, and then um, it seems family-oriented with your sister. Definitely. I think there's a really good balance there. Um, so, yeah, well, thank you. You're doing a good And job. likewise, I, I love seeing everything you share and especially yeah. – the, the balance. I look at founders as well on social, how they balance. Because some people can be like, I'm following you for you, not for your brand. Don't keep on sharing, you know, because it can be, they can be like, I can follow your brand for that. I follow you for you. So it's hard to find that balance. But what I think a lot of people don't realize is the brand is me. It's an extension. It's our baby, you know, it's so I'm more excited to talk about the brand sometimes than me. Because, and yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It's a balance. But yeah, no, thank you for, um, and I'm, and likewise as well, it's it's important for founders to just tell each other like we're killing it, we're doing great, but you know don't don't worry, the journey is it's, it's together. <laughs> and, and listen, that, that Allure Award, by the way, it, it will come to you. It's just a matter of like when it's your time, um, because exactly. we've we've been definitely like butthurt about <laughs> not receiving it before in the past. And we're just like, you like question it. Like, okay, how was this brand on there versus my yeah. brand? And it's not just the Allure Award. It's several different awards and being yeah. acknowledged by several different publications. And or it could be a matter of like, oh, this writer now works for this publication and you have a really good connection with this writer. So now they're going to plug you into the article. So yes, I think brand founders need to really understand that. I think that brand founders need to understand having a publicist may not be in reach today, but it's something to invest in because they're the ones that are going to be pitching you. Right. Like unless you have the bandwidth to do that, but black girl sunscreen doesn't. Um, And then also to your consumer will help because if you have a consumer that's a blogger or writes reviews, sometimes those things get picked up organically. Um, So there's just kind of like, um, I wouldn't say it's strategy, but there has to be a, a constant kind of attempt it, you can't just be idle and expect things to happen. That's just not how this works. And, and you know, just to finish that off, echoing everything you said and really understanding its waves, like you can have the best PR and you're going to get September month with insane coverage and October might be lower. So instead of in those months, three months later, you're like, mm, I'm not getting much now. Focus energy on celebrating what was there before because, you know, you did that Forbes, you did that one. Like, you just did this amazing entrepreneur article. I was like, when I read about it, I was like, I loved it. And <laughs> it was awesome. But, like, you know, you don't want to then be like, next month, okay, entrepreneur tick, what's next? Like, no, like, enjoy, celebrate it. And, you know, it's, it's important to do. 
Hey everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast, Fat Mascara, here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beja Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S-O- L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldajanero.com and use the code ACAS10 for 10% off. Hey Dave. Yeah Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Let me ask you this question, though, Akash. Yeah. You get kind of um, immune to your to your coverage. Yeah. You're kind of like used to it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, honestly, um, uh, you know what what surprises me i never i i have this thing i put it on my instagram the other day i every morning i wake up the first thing i do before emails and it sounds so weird probably a bit stalkerish to my brand but i go on google and i go favorite domain past 24 hours just to see like what is the world talking about my brand because it just gives me so much excitement every time i see any article i get that butters butterflies i get excited but what surprises me is how quickly that goes away <laughs> like after a day i forgot yeah. You forgot that you So I love, every time I see it, I get excited. I'm like, ooh, I share it. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. And then it's like gone. <laughs> so, um, and you know, main reason for that is, is I'm also such a business focused CEO more so than PR. And because I just, I've worked in this industry for a long time in Dior and stuff with influencers and PR and stuff. And I know that's like cool to have and it's nice, but it doesn't always convert. A lot of the time with articles like Forbes and this and that, you don't see that conversion. Whereas, you know, I get that conversion in other formats. So for me, like as much as I love it and I get excited by those articles, I don't see when a Forbes article goes out, I don't see 10x in sales. I don't see the spike, you know, I don't. And I think that's something people need to realize, especially small businesses starting when they're dreaming and spending money on PR and stuff. As you do it, it's important for image and coverage and brand perception, but it won't always be that sales driver that you might want. So just think about that before you invest as well. Um, Really, really good point, especially um, when it comes to the articles. I think it might be actually for an image. Um, conversion more than a sales because you know the folks that are reading these publications might know who you are and just brings another set of eyes to you doesn't mean they're going to go and purchase right away but now they know who shanta and akesh is that's exactly exactly and then it's your brand channels to continue that conversation and earn the the long-term relationship with your client and your consumer. So that's the most important. But um, I do want to ask before we go into the kind of the fire round questions, a bit about just your routines, um, you know, brand aside, you are Shantae, how you stay kind of motivated, grounded. Do you have like a ritual you keep to, or is it like every day winging it, changing routine? Um, n- n- no, I think that I'll be a hundred percent honest with you. Um, Sometimes I get sick, right? Like 
the amount of um, energy that I'm putting into Black Girl Sunscreen. Um, right now, we're in a space where um, there's just kind of churn within, yeah. um, I would say, the workforce. Um, and Black Girl Sunscreen, we were hiring during the pandemic, whereas most companies were furloughing. And um, there might have been a few candidates that we put in place where they might have been panicking, right? Like, oh my gosh, my company's going to furlough me, so I'm going to go and work for, let's just say, BGS, right? Mm -hmm. And what we're seeing now is those people are having an awakening. Like, um, maybe this wasn't really my passion after all. So today, like any ritual or kind of... um, you know, decompression that I used to do, whether it's walking my dogs, I'm a dog mom of three. Um, I don't want to do it because I associate those 60 minutes with, hey, you know what? I could be writing a um, job requisition for, you know, an open position, right? And that's where I'm finding myself um, nowadays as how do we wrap up Q4 with a bang and going into Q1 and Q2, knowing that we are a seasonal business, that Q2 is so important for us that everything has to be ready for Q1, but we're doing it in Q4 to, to prep for, for Q1. So um, although we're in a decline of season, we're still, you know, foot on the um, gas because of everything that is to come. So... My mental health isn't where it should be. And, and I'll admit that because as I was saying in the beginning of the conversation was Shantae is always aspiring. It's never good enough. We always want more, you know, for, um, you know, Black Girl Sunscreen. You know, I see brands that are a team of 100. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, you know, there's so many roles in my mind that I can create and we're not there yet, but it's like, how do we create that? Right. You need the revenue. So, you know, to not just be a seasonal brand, we need other items that need that can be sold in the winter months. So my mind is always on go. Now, the only time I get to decompress is when I'm in the air and I love it. So sometimes I'll purchase Wi-Fi. Right. But then yeah. sometimes I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to take this trip. I'm either going to read, I'm going to watch some stupid show on television or the, you yeah. know, the, the flight in flight um, services. And the reason why I feel so calm in the air is because I know no one can call me or email me. I, you know, you literally, I had goosebumps when you say this because number one, I just love how real you are and how, what you're saying, well, right now is just exactly how I am. Like, you know, my, my mental space, my mental health is completely out the window and everyone's like, and what makes it worse is everyone kind of writes to me saying, how do you stay so motivated? You're my inspiration. How do you have work so hard? And it's like, dude, I have no idea what I'm doing right now. I'm like in and out, <laughs> changing my mind every second. Um, but I, I find myself fostering travel, like during these, tra- even sometimes when I, I'm on a train journey and I have 3G, I just like airplane mode because I'm like, People know I'm on a journey. I need this time for yeah. myself. And I watch actually baking shows on Netflix all the time. I don't even bake, but like I just watch all these like <laughs> nailed it and stuff. And I'm like, this is so not productive, but I love it. I need yeah. to do this right now. And then I'm and then I'm on the go because there's so much to be done. And I'm like you, you know, you had a lot of change in the pandemic. Our my brand was born in the pandemic last year. And I'm kind of always like there's more to be done and there's so much, you know, every hour I spend, it's like, do I, do I go to the gym? Do I do this? And I definitely try to have a routine when I'm at home in the morning of just doing a gym, like 
because that's something that I do find like an hour gym really helps me. But having said that, the last three weeks, I haven't been to the gym. You know, so I have to be, that's why my mental space right now is like, I'm someone who tells everyone two hours, gym, gym, gym every day. Now I'm like, I can see the roles coming out. I'm like, here we go. I'm feeling my mental health going down. So it's like just being aware and I'm not putting too much pressure on myself because I know like I'm working hard and that energy that would have been the gym is going in the business and I'm making movements because it's Black Friday, Christmas, all this stuff coming. But yeah, I just really appreciate that honesty because it's exactly what I'm going through. So yeah, it's important to hear. But yeah, so thank you for that. But we're going to go to more quick fire round questions, bring the energy back up because, you know, that's what we're going to do. So um, I'm going to ask questions, but you've got to say the first thing that comes to your mind. So the first question is, what's another beauty brand that you're currently loving? (laughs) Okay, it's not a beauty brand. And I know this is we're beauty, but um, I'm loving businesses that are seeing um, and this is the first thing that came to my mind. Okay. I'm yep. loving businesses that are seeing wild success. Um, and um, so Rent the Runway, we talked about fashion. I love fashion. Rent the Runway just NASDAQ. went um, yep. on NASDAQ. Yep. And I am a subscriber. I am one of those women that are like, okay, let me get that coat real quick. See if I like it. Now I'm going to purchase it. And for me, just seeing an all-female team um, of 1,200 employees do yeah. the damn thing, really disrupt an industry. And I know the pandemic was hard because people didn't have events to go to. Like, do I really need this description? Um, continue to grow. That's who I'm like, oh, my goodness. So do we implement subscriptions into Black Girl Sunscreen? And yeah. what type of revenue? will that bring to the business right so I always correlate this is what I say my mind is never off I'm always correlating and just trying to understand what works and what doesn't work because that subscription model is serious it's um, literally like we're doing the same thing and that's we had this conversation internally and same with Olaplex where I was like I get inspired by these stories. The founder, we we now talk on Instagram, uh, the CEO, sorry, Drew. And and basically um, I was like nine skew, nine product brand, IPOing. This is like exactly why I'm like, okay, actually, no, let me go back to the retailers. No, no, no. Stop MPD all the time. Let's just focus on the right product, market penetration, and not all about newness, newness, newness. Let's just do the right products and what the brand needs. And Actually, from the beginning of our brand, my sister's always been like, we've been like, less is more. We actually want to sell, like, underselling is a new selling because no one needs 20,000 shampoos. No one needs this and that. You just need that one thing. And that's what I love about your brand is, you know, I was actually shocked the other day. I was thinking about, like, how big it's getting in terms of, like, distribution and everything. And I went on your website and I was like, how many SKUs do they have? Like, 20, 30? And I was like, wait, they only have, like... Really, one is your hero skew and three. And it's, yeah. that just shows you don't need to do, you know, so much. And looking at those inspirational stories and leaders in the industry and correlating it is so important. So love that. Um, sorry, this is not fire. Run. Let's go again. Next one. It was. It was. Yeah, I just, I'm, I, I, this is why I have no turn off. I'm like, if I find something, I want to say it, I say it because yeah. this is the best part of it. Um, okay. Second question. What is a guilty pleasure of yours? Um, laying in the bed for 20 minutes before I like go to get ready. Like I never just get out of the bed. Do you you keep on snoozing? No, I don't use an alarm clock to wake up ever. Even for like 7 a.m. flights, my body just tells me to wake up. So I'm up and I'm, and I kind of just lay there for a little bit. 
Oh, okay. This is where we, this is the only thing we're different in. I I'm the annoying one where I put like seven oh one, seven oh six, seven ten. And then the worst thing is I wake up at like nine and I'm like, oh, I just had the worst disrupted sleep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I need to stop that. But sometimes I actually, the body clock is amazing. Sometimes I do just wake up. One thing I do, I have no curtains in my room. I just like to wake up in natural light. Um, that's great. But blackouts are amazing. But that's also amazing. <laughs> I think the reason why I have no curtains is I'm too lazy to buy curtains. <laughs> It's not out of choice, guys, but but I have no I just put that in there because it sounds cool. Um, okay, next one. What are you currently watching or reading? I am currently, it's football season, American football season, so I watch footballs, uh, football on Sunday. And, oh, my gosh, I watch um, Law & Order <laughs> uh, with, with my laptop on my lap. So I just watch a lot of Law & Order. Even when I go to the hotel, I just look for Law & Order. And don't ask me why. And maybe it's the structure because you already know, like, some, some murder or something, like, weird is going to happen in the beginning. And then the two detectives come and they investigate. And then the person that's um, being interviewed always has, like, a call they have to take. So they walk away and they try to, like, divert you. So, like, I don't know. I'm just, like, obsessed with Law and Order. I also love the longevity of the show. Um, yeah. You know, 20, 20 years with um, with the same characters. And then I, what I also love, too, is that so many um, actors and actresses have gotten their start on Law and Order. Show. And low-key, like, I want to be on Law and Order. <laughs> you never know. I, I, I think this is actually important to address. Like, us founders of beauty brands... Like, do you have, I have dreams sometimes of being on a Netflix show and people are like, why? And I'm like, I just want to be on Netflix. I think it'd be so cool. Or Marvel. Like my real dream is Marvel. I have a few friends in my uni who are like in like Riverdale and like they're getting really big and they never acted really before. And I'm like, I could do it. But then I'm yep. like, I don't have time to, I don't have time to audition. But, and if I did, would I be able to shoot for six months or something without working? Don't think so. Yeah, yeah. You probably could though. And that's what I'm thinking. Like, oh, can I, how can I get on? You know, I manifest it. And, and that's really why yeah. I do like so many different things, whether it's from, you know, idolizing Rent the Runway and watching, yes. you know, reruns of, of SVU is because I see all these things like, in my future, somehow, some yep. way. And, and life is, you know, honestly, like we don't have to do just one thing. We could do so many things. And if you have all these dreams, like just chase them all and do them all. And then you know, that's, uh, I have a dream of being a singer and I'm still going to the studio here and there. And it's great. And if I can have a one hit song, we'll beat that. You still me. did it. You still did it. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. That's the thing. So exactly. Uh, what's your favorite social media platform right now? The one I open the most is 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 IG, um, just because it's just a natural habit. Like I just always go there. Um, you know, for Black Girl Centering, we're actually we have a new strategy um, on our socials, and we're just trying to segment like our content. So like if you go to IG, like this is what you're gonna see. If you go to Twitter, this is what you're gonna read. And it's not the same images that you would see on on an Instagram. You know, how do we develop our YouTube? So. Um, I don't necessarily have a, a favorite, but like by by habit, I open up Instagram the most. Yeah, me too. I think it's it's just the OG. It's just what I like. Yeah. And it, it's I like images as well. I don't like always seeing videos. So I agree. And then the last question is: um, if you weren't a beauty entrepreneur, what would you be? And let's okay, probably you'll be on Law and Order, but if not, what else? <laughs> 
Um, I'd probably be a violinist. To play um, the violin? Yeah. Me too. I did it for 11 <laughs> years. But I'm rubbish. Yeah. I, I, say, I say that very hard-heartedly because, like, if you <laughs> give me a violin today, I'll be like, I can maybe read sheet music a bit, but I forgot everything. No, um, you, don't, you don't forget. We you don't, don't really forget. forget. It, comes, you don't really it comes, forget. comes back to you. Yeah, um, yeah I love, I love creativity, creativity. I love music. I love the competitive, competitiveness of it. I mean, people are probably like, what do you mean competitiveness of it? I mean... When you're in an orchestra, you're competing for seats. One, two, three, whatever. You never really there's like violin be. one and there's like violin two. Yeah. And then you want to go to the front and you want to be on the right hand side. Like it's a whole mm-hmm. thing, whole mm-hmm. political game in orchestras. Yeah, yeah, I know it this. It's, it's just like being in an industry. So, yeah. you know, who are you playing for? Are you part of an orchestra? So um, I started playing in the second grade. Um, and um, I, I remember the day my, um, my music teacher, because when I was in school, we had those activities where it was like library, gym, music. Mm-hmm. And uh, she said, okay, Shantae, you're going to be playing the violin. And I cried because um, that wasn't the cool instrument. The, the cool instrument was the flute and the clarinet, yeah. right? For, for, the for yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And she's like, you have such long fingers. <laughs> you have um, long arms. And I excelled. And I love the sound of, of string instruments. So... I'd be a violinist. Amazing. Well, that's something I didn't know. And I love that because we have that in common. So violin is amazing. It's one of the most beautiful instruments. So I'm glad that she chose that for you because thank God you fell in love with it. And it's hard. Yeah. No, it's hard. hard, Especially um, even like people don't realize like the bow, the the strings can break and then hitting. And I think it's very competitive because people there is like a decent level you can get in violin pretty standardly but then to get like above a couple of seats in your orchestra like it's something that you have to practice a lot but you have to be naturally really like just have that ear and talent it's really difficult yeah the talent the Um, the 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 hearing of the notes and and even moving from first second third position i mean listen it's it's not an easy oh i missed this actually i used to i had 11 years what would you be I would be, you know, it's very interesting. You see, I never get asked that question back, so thank you. Um, I, I think what I would be is kind of what I'm also kind of manifesting and going to do. So it would be um, a recording artist, like a singer. And then I definitely also want to be, I would have been a, a wildlife kind of conservationist in the wild every day. Um, I, I, I want to spend most of my life and, and years, half a year at least in Africa and India in between both. And just being with nature. So, like, that's just where I'm happiest. So everything I'm doing now is just literally work hard, earn a lot of money so I can do a lot to help the animals later. That's just my calling in life, I think, personally. Yeah, Yeah, because once you earn, then you can you can go and do. Exactly. And, that's, and you know, I, and I've been very fortunate with my father and stuff and had a really good upbringing and access, but I want to, you know, continue and make my own so I can do more good because I've seen this to do good in the world you need money every time I try to volunteer it gets to a point and then it's like I volunteer I volunteer and they're like okay gosh great um I need some we need some money and it's like okay <laughs> listen <laughs> <Literally>. <laughs> Wait, I used so to do so much volunteering. I used to do years. Every I used to go to horse riding schools and volunteer with disabled children. But I was allergic to horses, and I was cleaning the horse stables. And I'm there, like literally with like, Zertex and and like and I was doing everything for years growing up. And then it got to a point where I was like, 
they just want money. And I was like, I want to give them the money because I need the money. But how? <laughs> so wait, how do you feel? This is good. Now, it is a pleasure talking with you. Okay. Yeah. How do you feel about um, people asking you to speak and to do things pro bono? knowing that they do have some type of a budget and maybe it's going to the bigger talent? Like, how do you feel about that? And when do you kind of like draw the line? It's a really good question. I think you're, so to be really honest, I love speaking and sharing and I, because I I can, I can get upset with like, oh, I got paid this and not that. And it's an industry in itself. I actually just, I'm very selective with who I speak with, but I'll just always do pro bono. It's just what I'm currently doing um, personally, because it's kind of like, then they don't hold anything against me. I do it my narrative, my way. But if I have something to say, I'm willing to share it. And I know it will help me in other ways. Like if I'm going to do a TED talk or this and that, no problem. Like it's going to be cool for me. Um, But maybe I'm at the luxury of not needing that extra money because I'm financially stable in, in other ways with my family and stuff. So I can then have that luxury of doing so. If I didn't have that luxury, I'm being very honest and open here because I have that luxury. Now, if I didn't have that luxury, I would definitely just have someone to do it for me. <laughs> like oh, like an assistant because I, as a person, I'm terrible. I'll be like, no problem. All good. Let's do it. And then I'll get upset later and I'll be like, oh, I feel cheated. I feel that. So having someone as my middleman to be like, listen, this is a cash. This is his value. That's what I would do. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. you know. It, it's hard. Mm-hmm. It, it really is. Because, um, you know, what what we're seeing here is, um, you know, hey, Shantae, can you come teach a master class? And you're just like, oh, oh, okay, how long do you need me? Oh, six hours. And you're like, see, this, this. When it's real investment, if it's more than an hour or you're doing something where you're really sharing a lot of knowledge that actually you've invested your own money and time and expertise and years to, to cultivate, I do think there's a respect that the other, part to, uh, other party needs to do to value that and compensate for that, right? Um, often, going back to you, do you feel like they don't ever offer it and then it's hard for you to then feel the is it awkward for you or do you feel like, no, I can go to you and say, look, okay, but what are you going to pay me? I think now the stage that I'm in, I think that it's, it's the first question. Um, so, Hey, is Shante available for a B whatever C and our question is, tell us more. And then is there, you know, is there a budget? And, you know, there's a lot of things that I like love and it doesn't matter if there's a budget and I'm going to do it anyway. But I, I don't think that asking the question hurts because it could be a, it could be a small one. It could be, okay, we, we have something, it's not too much, but it's just kind of like, here you are. And I think that's cool too. At least it shows that like there is some value. Um, I'm also very honored when people do think of Shantae Lundy to speak or black girl sunscreen. So I, I take everything into consideration, but now, um, I've, I've definitely been in conversations where I'm like, Oh, you know, can someone else from the team maybe have done just as great of a job? 
and have really benefited and and represented themselves as a professional within this space. So we're passing just different opportunities to the team and not just um, Shantae. And that's what we say to to some of these people that are coming to us like, hey, Shantae isn't available for this, but we do have an expert within, you know, our marketing or, you know, whatever that can speak to this topic, because what we have promised our team is growth and development and how are they going to grow? How are they going to become a name within the space without the exposure? So we don't, I don't gobble up all the opportunities paid or unpaid, but I am seeing that, um, you know, what is hard when you said, you know, I'm going to be like, you know, upset about it. Like, because people are like, these organizations are capitalizing off of your time, off of your expertise. Well, they're using you as marketing collateral in a way, yes. honestly, like, you know, yes. people of color, yes. often I get called. I'm like, I know you just need diversity on this call, on this conference. You know, I, I, I get this so much. And actually what you said, um, you know, going back and maybe taking back a bit what I said, I have a lot of friends in the industry who are, I don't like to say this, but they're not as maybe uh, not necessarily accomplished because that's a really horrible word, but like more like they haven't had much experience and credentials is what I've done and experienced and done in my career. And they are very strict and they get paid a lot. And sometimes I've done things with similar organizations. I'm like, oh, I didn't even bring it up and they didn't even come to me. And I thought, wow, you got paid like a thousand euros for like two hours, three hours and oh, more even. And I'm like, I just did it completely for free and I gave so much of my time away. So sometimes I felt like more not valued. It's not about the money. It's not about the value. It's just about the value of the money. It's the value of me as an individual. So I completely get what you're saying, actually, because there is that sense. Yeah, I'm. Listen, <laughs> I have been asked to do. I mean, come come to New York, and you're like, uh, okay, sure, um, prestigious university, nonetheless. And you're like, can you can you help? They're like, are you paying for no. flights? <laughs> no. no, no, no. And I'm just like, yeah, that's something that we we have to. You know, we visit maybe in a year or so. We're just not there. So, um, yeah, I find it very common. I I see people that don't even have the credentials, like you said, getting paid. And the ones that do have the credentials are not. Yeah. And I think there's a misconception of maybe they just don't want to ever bring it up because they feel that it'll be too expensive or something. And they'll be like, oh, let's just not mention it because we don't want to bring that up. But actually, if they just ask, they'll be surprised. You know, it's just that communication, just starting a conversation. It's... But I think, as you said, one way to go around it is just we sometimes got to start the conversation and just say, okay, cool. We'll get. And that's the reality of it. So maybe you've inspired me. I'm just going to start doing that. And if they say no, I'll be like, okay, I love you guys. It's fine. Let's go. Yeah, but, yeah. But know. at least ask. At least ask. Exactly. Because... Ask. At least ask. You never know. You never know. So anyone listening, you have... if you're thinking, you, you never know when you ask anything. And not just this conversation of speaking. It's with anything where you feel you're giving your time, your, 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 you know, your value, just ask. You'll, never, you'll, you'll only regret by not asking, I, I, I would say. Um, we're at the point, too, of counter offers. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we're just eBaying this whole thing out. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Not at all. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's but, I mean, no, but that's the point. It. Yeah. You know, employees come and, and, and they have a salary that they're looking for and they they ask for for it for the wage. Right. And I think exactly. it's really the, the same concept. Or if, you know, you have, you know, an influencer that you're trying to, you know, work with your brand, they, they have their rates. So I don't think it's any different for a founder. So true. This, this is actually so enlightening. That's so true. You know, that is actually so true because 
you know, we sometimes do so much as founders and not as recognized in the same light as other yep. individuals. So, you know, any founders listening, big, small, in any way you describe that to yourself, I think we're all big to ourselves, but just put value to yourself and ask and yeah. And, and I think as an industry collectively, if we do this, I think it will force a bit of change as well. That Yep. That's it. So no, I love that. Well, we could speak for hours. Um, that's why I love our... Com- well, we're going to continue. I'm coming to America soon as well, so we have to catch up in person. We got to come to Los Angeles. I'm coming to Los Angeles. I'll be there in a okay. few weeks. I'll let you know the date and we'll catch up because um, I'll be there for a couple of weeks now. Finally, see my products in, in real life. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll connect. But I just want to make sure everyone knows where to follow you and the brand. So could you tell us your Instagrams and Black Girl Sunscreen. Yeah, so Black Girl Sunscreen is Black Girl Sunscreen across the board on all socials. Um, I think that's more important than following Shantae as um, (laughs) I'm just kind of the person, right? Um, But my name is Shantae underscore Lundy um, on Instagram and then LinkedIn. um, You know, you can always shoot me a message as I make myself available for any um, individual that kind of wants to bounce ideas um, off of a soundboard or just has any questions. Um, I know what it's like not to know who to reach out to or to feel like that there isn't anyone to talk to you. So I do make myself available as long as you're able to get on the calendar. I love that. That's, I mean, guys, I can't stress enough how much I, I love what you're doing, Shantae, and I want everyone to follow Shantae as well because there is so much value as you as a founder and I think it just adds to the whole narrative of what Black, Black Car Sunscreen stands for today. So I'll put all the links in the, the, the summary. It's all going to be clickable, hyperlinked. And um, we'll meet soon in person. And just thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and wisdom with us. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Founded Beauty as much as I had making it. And if you did, please share it with a friend who you think will love it too. Founded Beauty is available on all podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music Podcasts, the Acast app, and many more. And I'm also very proud to be part of the ACAST Creator Network. So be sure to follow the podcast so you can get episodes as soon as they drop. We really appreciate every single follow, listen, share and review. It truly goes such a long way and helps us reach new listeners. So as a little thank you, I will be hosting a giveaway each week on my Instagram channel at meta underscore a, where you can win some amazing Fable Main goodies. All you have to do is follow me, check out my stories and all will be revealed. Stay tuned for the next episode of Founded Beauty and don't forget to subscribe and follow so you can be notified when it drops. Hey everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast Fat Mascara here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beja Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S-O L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldejanero.com and use the code ACAST10 for 10% off.